0: Shalom Aleichem, Shavuot Tov, and Purim Sameach to all of you listeners of this great station. This is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. I'm going to speak about the Parashat Terumah we read yesterday and also a little bit about Purim. The Parashah starts, the Hashem and Moshe Lemur. who speaks to Moshe and he tells him, the ber teruma. Talk to the Israel and tell them to take a teruma. Teruma meaning a contribution. And then it says, Me'etkol ish, from everyone, whatever he can afford, tikhu et terumati. And then it says, Vezotah teruma again. So Rashi, alav Shalom. He makes a good uh, remark here. He says, There are three times the word teruma is mentioned in this Tupisukim. So Rashi says like this, "Amrur <laughs> Butenu Our Hachamim said, Shalosh terumot amurot kan. The three terumot said here, Ahat teruma bekarakul kodet. Shina'asumehen ha'adanim. One terumah was, each one had to give a beka, beka is hasi, hasi, like hasi shekel. And that was in order to make, to fabricate the adanim, the sockets on which the beams of the mishkan were sitting. They They were placed. In other words, the sockets were supporting the entire mishkan. They were like the foundation of the mishkan. And that's one. Another one, also, got like it, mahasita Shekya from everybody. Why? Liknot mehem korbanot Sibur, in order to buy the offerings uh, for for the public, the public, uh, public korbanot, public offerings. And then the third one was the Turuma for the Mishkan itself, all the Kelima the Mishkan. All the building, the construction of the Mishkan. And this third one is depending on what each person could give. Whatever they want to give, that's up. Someone can give a small amount, not gonna be a big amount. But the other two, the one for the Korbanut Sibur and the one for the Adanim, those were exactly equal for everyone. The question comes up like this. Okay, fine. I understand that Korbanul Sibur, that should be equal for everyone to give Hatsi Shekel. Okay, I understand that. Because obviously it's for everybody. Everybody is equal in the atonement. But what about the Adanim? How come the Adanim pockets? Why for that particular one item, each one had to give exactly the same? Why not like the rest of the Mishkan? Whoever, whatever you, a person wants to give, give. So the, the, the answer is like this. Rabbinu B'Haye, Allah Shalom, he said that there are 248 Asiyot in the Mishkan and 248 Mitzvot. And somehow they correspond to each other. Now he did not. Explain exactly which one correspond to which. But there's one thing we do know. In Masichet Makot it says that. uh, There are. 613 mitzvot in the Torah. Then. David Amelech came. And somehow. Emphasized only 11 of them. Then came Misha and he emphasized only 6. And then came Mikha, 3. And then finally came Habakkuk 1. Which one? Emunah. Faith. Faith in Hashem, faith in His Torah, faith in the Hachamim. He said, Sadiq to The foundation. Of the mitzvot is faith. The person who has faith in Hashem, faith in Torah, will eventually do everything else. Now, uh, This doesn't mean has vishalom, that we're reducing the amount of the mitzvot. God forbid. The 613 stays there all the time. It's just a question of which one you can emphasize if you see the people are lax about everything you're going to emphasize one that's going to eventually bring them to do all the others, and that was the Emunah. So now we can understand. The Emunah is the foundation, and the Adanim are the foundation. Now, Emunah cannot be compromised. When it comes to various different mitzvot, each one can do the mitzvah slightly different. I can buy any truck for three hundred dollars. Somebody else can buy a truck for twenty-five dollars. You could, you could, uh, you know, and someone can build a sukkah, a plain sukkah, a small one, and a huge one. So there are different ways of you know being mehadder beautify the mitzvah, the mitzvah. But when it comes to emuna, there's no such thing as this one has emuna. Uh, 90%, and this one has emunah, 75%, or 99%. can't do that. Emunah is either 100% or nothing. Everyone has to be equal. When it comes to emunah, the faith in, faith, faith in his Torah, has to be equal, 100%. If you only miss one year, God forbid, I, I, if you say I believe in the whole Torah, except this yudu, this this one, we can't do that no good so being that the Adanim represent or at least the look that seem to be corresponding to the Emunah and they are the foundation of the Mishkan so that's why the uh, um, the amount of money that was contributed to that was equal to all now also there was Mahatsita Shekel why Mahatsita why, Shekel why? Why not bring shekel shalem, a whole complete one? Each one bring a one shekel. Why have? There are many, there are many reasons. But I saw the other day in the sefer lekhato a little story, interesting story. About a child who was living, you know, in in a palace or in a mansion. His parents were very wealthy, and he was always, always fed the best food, the best breads. Then finally one time he went to see to, uh, to a farm. He went to see what the farmers do. And he sees that the first thing the farmer, the farmer does is he takes the earth and turns it over. He turns over the earth. And this kid does not understand. The earth was so nice and flattened out, everything is all bumpy. Why are you doing this for? Doesn't understand it. Then he sees he takes a lot of seeds, and the grains of the bread, the seeds, and he throws them around. He says, What's going on? Doesn't make any sense here. Look how many seeds he's, he's wasting. No good. Then he sees him, he t- comes in again, he turns the earth around again to bury the seeds in so that they'll be all inside the soil so they can regrow the stalks of wheat. He doesn't understand that. Well he asks the farm, what are you doing? He says, No, oh, wait, 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 wait. Then a couple of weeks later, he sees the whole the, the whole field over there. Is nice with flowers and stalks coming in, flowers and so on and so forth. Says, oh, that's nice. Looks very good. The next thing he sees is that the farmer brings a sickle and he starts cutting, cutting, cutting the stalks down. Again, the kid is, is, is stunned. Why are you doing that? It was so nice. Then he takes the stalks and they step on them in order to separate the chaff from the grain. And again, he does not understand it. Finally, they take the grains and they grind them into flour. Well there was they had beautiful grains before. now you put it like have only have this little flour there. You know, what, what, what what's going on? Then he needs it. You know, kneading, bakes it, right? What comes out? Beautiful, delicious bread. Which he, he has never seen this before. So now he understands. At the beginning, don't understand anything. what's going on. We don't know what's going on. But then at the end, you see what's going on. Why? Because half, we only, all the time, we only know Half of what's going on. We don't necessarily know the end result. The end result sometimes could be a lot better than what you thought before. At the beginning, it might be something really bad, but then you see that Makadushwaraholi started that way, but at the end, it was really something good. To this, I saw a very interesting ma'asi that happened recently. I saw it on the internet, very interesting, an Orthodox Jew, in New Jersey, who was driving, and all of a sudden he got into an accident, he hit a Gentile man, a guy, and unfortunately he died. Okay, so he was uh, had to go to court and so on, but he was acquitted because it was an accident. In the meantime, he felt so bad. How could it possibly happen to him? He, he, killed, a, he killed a human being. A guy, but it was a human being. Lost appetite. Lost his sleep. You know what to do. For weeks on, going on. It was restless. Finally, he wrote a letter to Rabbi Chaim Kanivsky, Shilita, in Eris Israel. A great, great, great sage. And he got back the answer one word Amalek. Amalek. So I couldn't understand it either. Amalek. So that did not satisfy him. And he kept on being sad and um, could not uh, really uh, be any and any happiness and joy in his life. Then he decided, you know what, she knew my home, she knew He Says, let me go away from this, uh, from the, my home. Let me buy something around. So he saw a very nice home. He was interested. He went to buy it. He goes. He talks to the kids, to the children. Oh, uh, says, why? Well, oh, yeah, you know. We're also very interested in getting rid of this home because our father, just a couple of months ago, he, he got into an accident. He was killed. We, just, we don't want to remember that and we want to sell it. Oh, very good. I want to buy it. Looks at the house very, very nice. And later on, it goes down to the basement and he sees pictures and pictures of a man ...wearing uniforms of the SS, the Nazis, in Mahshima vizikram. He looks at the picture, then he recognizes that is the man that he killed. Then he looks further and he sees names of people that this man had murdered. And among those names were his father and his mother were among the names... Can you believe this? Mind boggling. At the beginning, the man couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. Now, well, he's more satisfied. And he understands why Rav Chaim told him, Amalek. Now it's just the Mashimab, the Amalek. Many, many times, Rabbutai, we get into a situation, we don't understand what Akalush is doing. But we have to take the bad with the good. Because ultimately, Akadosh Baruch Hu only wants the good for us. Now, I'd like to say something about, about Purim. At the beginning of Parashat Itro, which we read two weeks ago, it says, Itro, he heard. He heard what happened to Bnei Israel. What did he hear? So Rashi brings the midrash. He heard two things: Kriyat Suf and Milhamet Amalek. That's the two things he heard. Kriyat Suf and Milhamit Amalek. You know, the splitting of the sea and the war with Amalek. But this really begs the question: Is that all that happened? What about the Ten Makot, the Ten Plagues? That must have been something very interesting that they went all over the world. Shamo Amimir Gazun. Everyone heard about that. What about the, the man that was falling from the sky? Whoever heard of, of, uh, uh, of food falling from the sky to the people? What about the Be'er? These are all miracles. The well that was following them all along so they can have enough water. And so on. Why? These were not mentioned. Rashi only mentions two of them. The answer is the following. There are two categories of miracles. There's what we call the Nes Galui and Nes Nistar. Nes Galui means... means a miracle that is revealed to all. Everyone, when he hears about it, everyone agrees this is definitely a miracle. It's not something natural. A human being can possibly do this kind of thing. It's unnatural. Can I get that teva? Okay? The other one is called the Nesni star, meaning a concealed type of a miracle. When you see that miracle, you don't see you don't say to yourself, Well, this is obviously a miracle. It's there, but it's not very obvious. So therefore, Rashi, what he did is he picked on one one of each category. Kriatiam Suf was the next How who could split the sea except Akadosh Baruch? That's a real miracle. Revealed to all. Minhamet Amalek was a Star. It was a war between the, the Bnei and Amalek. So they fought the war and they won the war. Obviously, Akadosh Baruch will have them. But it's still a star. What about Nespurim? What, what is that? Is that a Nesgalui? Or is that a Nesnistar? It's obvious it's a Nesnistar. Why? Because there doesn't seem to be anything absolutely unnatural about it. But we do know that the hand of Hashem was always there. The name of Hashem is not even mentioned. Why, why, why it is a miracle? Because there are too many coincidences. Too many things that just happened I can accept one coincidence I can accept two coincidences but so many of them that doesn't make sense the migilasta with vashti would not appear the king summons her she won't come you know in those days that's pure suicide it's pure suicide you can't the king there was like as uh, the power he had the the power of life and death in his hand Next thing we know, of all the thousands of maidens in, in the country, 127 states, only Esther was chosen. What are the odds of a Jewish Persian girl being chosen to be the queen out of so many maidens in the entire country? That's another coincidence. Again, next thing we know, we have uh, Mordechai. just haphazardly, by accident, he happened to hear two people that were talking, they were plotting against the king. And he understood the language. Anyone had that told Esther, finally told the king, and so on and so forth. He was rewarded later on. That just happened, the coincidence. Eh? And all of a sudden, again, an obscure, unknown man, the enemy of the Jews, an evil man, a man of Rasha, went ahead from being nothing to the prime minister. And the list of coincidences goes on. The entire episode... Of Megillat Esther was planned and orchestrated by Akadush It was all planned. When you see so many coincidences coer- happening, it means that it's impossible. This is not something that could happen naturally. Akadush had his hand in it and everything that was going on. Let me tell you another thing. Even the case of Vashti. That she didn't so she didn't show up. That's not so simple. Let me tell you what the Gemara in Masach Sanhedrin says about that. And you will see, it was all planned way before that, it was planned three and a half generations before that. Vashti was the great granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar, who became king of Babylonia. About four generations before that, Nebuchadnezzar was not a king. He was only the chief scribe, sofer, he was a sofer, of King Beladan of, of uh, Babylonia. The king was Beladan. Nebuchadnezzar was not from royal blood. He became king later on. And you'll see why. And at that time, when Beladan was the king of Babylonia, Hizkiyahu Amelech, King Hizkiyahu, was the king in Judea. And the Gemara goes on and says he became very ill. Almost fatally ill. And by a miracle, he recovered. And everyone heard about the miracle. A king almost going to die. And then he, he was healed and recovered completely. And the, Semitic, the, the, the word went around. How did it go around? It came to Biladan, the king of Babylonia. The Gemara says that that day that he was cured was supposed to be a day of 10 hours of daylight. Instead, it was 18 hours of daylight. And King Baladan, Biladan was asking him, what, what's going on? What, what happened? Why? So they told him, Hezkiah, the king of Judea was very sick, almost dying, and he recovered from it. Oh, that's a miracle. In that case, we must send him a letter of congratulations. So, he brought the scribe to write a letter. Just at that moment, Nebuchadnezzar, the chief scribe, was not there. He wasn't around. So, the scribe came in and started writing the letter which, as usually with greetings, salutations, you know. And you write, Shalom, meaning peace, to King Chizkiyahu, peace to Yerushalayim, peace to the great Almighty. And they write the letter, gives it to the courier, and the courier just about left. Just at that moment, Nebuchadnezzar, the chief scribe comes in. And he asked what's going on. They told him. And they showed him the letter. About the salutations. So Nebuchadnezzar said to them, no, you cannot do that. That's not right. The salutations were completely reversed. First you have to say peace to the great Almighty, then Yerushalayim, and then the king. In other words, he showed tremendous respect and honor for Hashem. And he ran after the courier. He ran three steps. In the middle of the fourth step, he was stopped by Malach Gabriel. In the middle of the fourth step, he was stopped. He didn't want to go any further because going further could have been very bad for the Jews later on. So what was the reward for Nebuchadnezzar for showing such great honor to Akalushwaru? He became the king of Babylonia, him, one generation. His son, Evil Merodach, his grandson, Belshazzar, and finally the great-granddaughter, Vashti. But being that he was stopped in the middle of the fourth step was only three and a half generations, then also she was not supposed to be queen her entire life. It was only halfway. Everything was planned from way before. Vashti was not supposed to complete her reign as a queen all her life. Because three and a half generations before that, it was already decreed. Hashem plans Orchestrates everything. Now let me tell you a a little a little story that I, I read. Um, I'm always very interested in the uh, uh, the independence of Israel, in 1948, which happened in 1948. And I read quite a bit about it. And uh, at the time, the president of the United States at that time was Truman. Truman was, he was not really elected himself, he was vice president together with Roosevelt. So Roosevelt picked him as the vice president, and what happened in 1945, Roosevelt, within three months or so he, he died, and Truman automatically became the president. Later on, he ran and he, he, go, he took another, another term of four years. So in 1948, Truman was the President of the United States. At that time, Israel declared its independence. What happened? When Truman heard that, he was one of the very first ones that recognized Israel. All the members of his cabinet were against it. His own political... Uh, 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 motives or whatever in his mind he knows a, a wrong political move to recognize Israel yet he did very very early on now what happened how come must be something in his mind right oh yeah something happened that was decreed maybe 50 or 60 years before that. A few years after he became president and after the uh, independence of Israel, a member of Knesset from Agudat Israel came to the U.S. and he went to visit Truman. He asked him the question, how come you hurried so quickly and opted for recognition of Israel? And here's what he answered. And this has been, you know, written in many, many, many places. He said, since I was a little boy, he says, I had a dream. Like many other boys in the United States, perhaps one day I'll become president. He says, I was very well versed with the Bible. He, Truman, actually read the Bible. He was, uh, I mean, a, a religious Catholic. And uh, he, he read the Bible quite well. And he said, the person that I admired the most was Cyrus. That's Koresh. Cyrus, Koresh. He actually was an offspring of Esther. Why? He says he admired him because he allowed the Jews to go back into Eretz Israel and eventually build the Bet HaMikdash. He said, since then, I promised myself if I ever become the President of the United States, I will try to emulate him. I will try to copy him and somehow make the 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 nation of israel go back to their land very interesting isn't it unbelievable the recognition of the state of israel from united states seems to have been planned years years before 1948 rabotai this is the thing we have to keep in mind at all times the story of Purim is a great miracle. It's a great miracle, but it's a miracle that is an star, a concealed type of miracle. Every day Akadosh does miracles for us. Perhaps we do not all the time realize it, but it's there. It's there on an individual basis it's there on a community and it's there even in our Eris Israel. Miracle is there all the time. Every day. Purim is teaching us that there is such a thing as a Nestle star all the time. Eris Israel is one nation in the middle of twenty two Arab states or enemies of Israel. Can you imagine? What a miracle this is every single day. If the 22 nations, God forbid, will gang up against Israel, you know what would happen? But Hashem does something. He makes them fight between each other. They don't have the time to bother with Israel. HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at Eretz Israel at all the time. So we have to really thank Hashem every single day about all the miracles that are happening to us as well as in Israel. And the Ness of Purim teaches us that. Purim Sameach to all. And Shavua Tov Lachem. And I want to remind you about this station. Please try your best. In order to give it as many as much as you can, in order to keep it alive and thriving. And if you have any simha, please contact SLC. We'll be we'll be very happy to accommodate you. Bonim samia, shalom aleichem.